Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report, the day for February the 26th of 2021. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So, if you enjoyed the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But yesterday, we saw the first big state of play for 2021 from Team PlayStation, and we got a deep dive into what is to come on PS4 and PS5 in the months ahead. And while it might not have been as exciting of a show as some people had hoped or expected, there are still plenty of announcements to dive into, and of course, a full recap is up right now on blog.playstation.com. We won't be diving into all of these, but I did want you to see some of the highlights that came from yesterday's show. Big standouts for me were new Returnal gameplay. Of course, I am a diehard Housemark fan, so I'm excited to see them expand and try this new kind of experience. On top of that, Sifu is a very cool-looking, intense kung fu experience that's coming in 2021. Very smooth-looking fighting gameplay there. Certainly one to keep your eye on. But the biggest reveals came towards the last half of the show with Oddworld Soul. Soulstorm getting a release on April the 6th, and not only is it launching on April 6th, it's going to be free for PlayStation 5 players with a PlayStation Plus subscription. That's very cool. So essentially, it's taking a Game Pass style release where you do have this day and date launch that you can just pick up the game and play it for free if you have a PlayStation Plus and PlayStation 5. But the biggest news of the show was by far Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, which arrives on PS5 on June 10th of 2021. This is effectively the next generation upgrade, but it goes a bit further than a traditional upgrade. So of course you do get your higher textures, you get your enhanced fog effects, better lighting, that kind of thing. And on top of that, you also have two different graphics modes to choose from. You have the performance and then you have the graphics. So of course, pretty much standard run-of-the-mill stuff in 2021. But on top of that, you're also getting some Yuffie DLC, which is a new episode expanding the world of Final Fantasy with all new content for those that might want to come back for round two of the remake. Additionally, a photo mode is also coming, something that's very significant for a lot of players, including myself. I do find myself loving a good photo mode. Existing PS4 owners can upgrade to the next generation version for free, but it is important to note that that episode featuring Yuffie, I think I'm saying that name correctly, not a Final Fantasy guy, uh, will also be an additional charge. So keep that in mind. The game is going to launch at $69.99 on PlayStation 5. And of course, the regular version right now that's out on PS4 sits at $59.99 if there is no sale going on. But it's up right now on the PlayStation Store if you do want to dive in. But that's not the only Final Fantasy VII news of the day. There are now two Final Fantasy VII mobile games on the way, coming to Android and iOS, one this year and one in the future. The first is Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is a fairly accurate representation of the Final Fantasy VII experience coming to mobile devices. Not to be confused with the Final Fantasy VII Remake experience. This is something uh, that is taking a bit of a different stylistic approach, but it is still sharing the exact story of Final Fantasy VII, and it's a pretty good foot in the door for new fans to dive in and for old fans to get that bit of a hit of nostalgia, if you will. On top of that, there's also a Battle Royale coming. Riddle me that one. Uh, but yes, there is actually a Battle Royale Final Fantasy VII coming. 
Bear with me. So the Shinra Corporation is creating these super soldiers, one of which is you, and you're all fighting against each other. It looks very much so like PUBG on mobile devices, but there are some very cool enhancements as well. You have magic abilities, you have general abilities as well, and you can see all of that broken down on the screen here. But in terms of a free-to-play battle royale, it looks like one that I would actually really enjoy. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but this looks really fun. Uh, of course, it is getting plenty of hate on the Final Fantasy VII YouTube channel because anybody that sees anything that is not your standard stereotypical Final Fantasy, God forbid they try something new that could hit a new audience. Uh, I like this. I think it looks neat. I might dive into it and give it a shot. Uh, but that is coming in 2021, so that's very neat as well. Uh, so... Unfortunately, it looks like Everwild is going to be coming in 2022, but that gives you plenty of time to enjoy the remake and its upgrade that have come out in 2020 and 2021, respectively. However, even more PlayStation news came yesterday, with Sony Interactive Entertainment's Japan studio officially downsizing. Of course, the news was broken by Bloomberg, but an update was provided to IGN saying, quote, in an effort to further strengthen business operations, Sony Interactive Entertainment can confirm PlayStation Studios' Japan Studio will be reorganized into a new organization on April 1st. Japan Studio will be recentered to Team Asabi, the creative team behind Astro's Playroom, allowing the team to focus on a single vision and build on the popularity of Astro's Playroom. In addition, the roles of external production, software localization, and IP management of Japan Studios' titles will be concentrated within the global functions of PlayStation Studios. Japan Studio has worked on over 300 games since 1993, creating legendary PlayStation classics like Ape Escape and Loco Roco, while supplementing development of major games like Shadow of the Colossus and Bloodborne. Super unfortunate here. This is Sony's oldest development studio. This is something that has been happening for nearly 30 years. They have helped build the foundation uh, of this industry as it exists today. And of course, they are behind one of my favorite PlayStation games, Gravity Rush. Big fan of that one. Uh, and so it's unfortunate to see the new direction. I'm curious as to what the... Uh, thought processes behind this, but it's something that has been coming for quite some time. Back in November, Jason Schreier reported that there were downsizing movements happening behind the scenes at Japan Studio, and then earlier this week, it seemed that a lot of the contracts for developers were not being renewed, and there were a flurry of announcements of developers moving on from the team. So it seems this is just a conversation uh, that has been happening behind the scenes, and now we have a confirmation that it will in fact be happening going forward. So that's very unfortunate. Hopefully they will all land on their feet, find new opportunities. Of course, if you have Japan Studio on your resume, that is certainly a big box that is ticked. But I do have some good PlayStation news, that is that Sony will reportedly enable PS5 SSD expansion later this summer. Bloomberg sources say that the feature is going to be on its way, and it is absolutely uh, overdue, because whenever the PlayStation 5 launched, it did have that M.2 expansion slot, which does allow for an expanded SSD to enhance the player experience and give more room for installations, something that I think a lot of people are running into. It's a bit of a different approach as to what Xbox has. Of course, on the Xbox side of things, you do have expansion cards that you can buy. 
Third-party options are on the way, but right now Microsoft and Seagate have teamed up to make an Xbox expansion card, which I purchased. Very expensive, but ultimately it did double the storage of my system. With PlayStation, they're taking the classic approach where you can just slot in an SSD. And while many of them on the market are not fast enough to uh, allow for compatibility with the PlayStation 5 super fast ultra SSD, uh, it does give you the option for when that technology does hit. And it seems like there could be some kind of impending announcement, maybe a technology partnership similar to what Xbox has, uh, where these expansion SSDs are going to be provided and available for people to use. But again, right now, a lot more games are coming out. Even last generation version games are getting upgrades to next generation version. So you are going to be seeing more installations and PS5s are probably getting a little bit packed. So good to see this is coming later this summer if these reports are to be believed. Some fantastic news yesterday came for the Dragon Age fan base because now it seems the game is no longer going to be multiplayer centric or a live service game when Dragon Age 4 drops. Instead, it's now going to be single player only. This news comes as a reaction to what happened with Anthem. Of course, as a live action game, it was launched and then the understanding was that they could fix the game later and flesh it out more in the months after its release. We see how that turned out, don't we? So now Electronic Arts has shifted the development of the game. Some developers are positive with the news, some people are negative. But ultimately, you are going to be seeing a true-to-form Dragon Age game that is a single-player RPG when it launches at some point in the future. Unfortunately, fans have only gotten small snippets and glimpses as to what's happening behind the scenes during mainly promotional content for the game itself. Uh, but Dragon Age is now taking that streamlined approach, and personally, I think that's probably a good option. Nothing beats a good single-player RPG. If you look at something like Skyrim, it has remained legendary 10 years later. Yeah, it's the 10th anniversary of Skyrim. How about that? Doesn't that hurt a little bit inside? Uh, but here you have Dragon Age getting the movement that I think a lot of fans were wanting, because while live service games can be cool and keep people coming back for more, there's nothing like a good single-player experience to keep me tied into a game. On top of that, Another big piece of Electronic Arts news, Gaia has been cancelled at Motive Studios after over five years in development. Once again, a report comes from Bloomberg that the new IP codenamed Gaia has been officially cancelled. Huge bummer here, of course, we saw glimpses of it during promotional material during EA Play Live, but this was going to be an Assassin's Creed style game, according to Daniel Ahmad, who reported that on Twitter. Games come and go. Developments begin and cease. You can't dwell in the past, but for the developers that have been at work at Motive on this project, that must be a crushing blow. Because from a developer's perspective, and I can't speak to a developer, but from somebody who creates content, working on something for an extended period of time is an investment. You become emotionally attached to your project. It would be like if my YouTube channel got deleted all of a sudden. What? I've been at work on that for roughly eight years. That's painful. That's essentially probably what that feels like behind the scenes. So very disappointed for the developers that have been working on this, but I suppose choices have to be made. And this is apparently one of the games that was also cut alongside Anthem. It seems like there was a big internal review of the ongoing projects, and they were trying to consolidate their resources and streamline their operations. So Gaia and Anthem look to have gotten the axe, and of course, who knows what else could have gotten canceled that was in work behind the scenes internally that we never even saw on our end of the stick. 
And to round out today's show, I have some good news for you. Monster Hunter Rise is coming to PC in 2022. This is the new Nintendo Switch title that is going to be coming in just a couple of weeks to the Nintendo Switch, and it's one of the spring's biggest releases for Nintendo's handheld hybrid. Uh, but this news comes by way of producer Ryozo Sujimoto and director Yasunori Ichinose. Killed it. Nailed it. So that If that doesn't deserve a like, I don't know what does. I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Uh, but this comes from Fanbyte, who spoke to both of these individuals and confirmed that the game is coming to PC next year, so you don't have long to wait if you are looking forward to seeing this kind of paired-back monster hunter uh, that I think a lot of people are looking forward to. It is notable that this game looks to be emulating the release of Monster Hunter World. Of course, that game came out on consoles and then was released roughly a year later on PC, where it continues to bring a lot of players in day after day. Monster Hunter World is a record breaker for Capcom, the best-selling game in the franchise, and one of the best-selling games that Capcom has ever made. So it looks like they're trying to make that uh, magic happen twice with Monster Hunter Rise, which again launches this spring on Nintendo Switch and comes to PC in 2022. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about everything we talked about here today. But rate State of Play on a scale of 1 to 10. What did you think about the show? Did you find any announcements you are looking forward to? And what is your top PlayStation 5 game that you have your eye on? Would love to hear what you have to say. But until Monday, you guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.